0: Hi, I'm Lance, and this is Unsilent, a speak series by No Stigmas that champions mental health advocacy and challenges the stigmas that all too often prevent people from getting the help they need. We're so glad you're here. And in today's conversation, we get to meet Chicago-based musical artist Nyla XO, who brings mental health advocacy right into her music. And in today's second part of our two-part conversation with Nyla, she starts to share more about her experiences with depression and therapy and how she has learned to bring those experiences into her musical career. She also shares the importance of creating and maintaining a system of support in your life for mental health and wellness. And we wrap up by talking about mental health advocacy and the ways that we can advocate in our everyday lives don't forget to check out part one of our two-part conversation linked in the show notes below. We thank Nyla so much for sharing her story with us today and opening up about her own mental health experiences and her creative process. All right, let's dive in
1: my recent single done being sad um that was completely about my mental health journey i literally wrote it after like um one of my therapy sessions and i was like yes i'm done being sad i'm cured i'm healed forever and obviously that's not the case as we said earlier it's always a constant you know you constantly working on it um but i wrote that song is just like um a declaration of like you know Admitting the feelings that I felt that like, you know, sometimes you don't know how long you're going to be in a cycle, whether it's, you know, depression or anxiety, you don't know, you know, and so just kind of um, the lyrics in that song really talk about my thought process um, during that time. And then also my thought process as I was coming out of it and looking on the other side of it and saying like, yes, we did it you can do this. And it was kind of just my way to fall back on that when I'm feeling those things again, you know, because it pops up it surprises you. You never know when it's coming. Um, But finding a way to get back. And that's the funny thing about the songs because it is like a double thing because part of it was like, I'm done. Like, yes, I'm fine now. I'm great. Like, we're over that. And then the other part is like, you're also just fed up with it at the same time when it comes back. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're just trying to find like that next thing that's just like, okay, cool. Like, I'm happy now, you know, like often when I'm, when I'm most disappointed in myself being on social media is when I'm literally just doing it either out of boredom. And in that sense, it's because I have abandoned something else that I wanted to actually do. But for whatever reason, now I'm just scrolling. Um, Or yeah, as just an escape, you know. And so I think like we are constantly finding things to escape, you know, whether it's like binge watching a show or whatever it is. And so I think that, yeah, that instant gratification does kind of um, create this habit where it's just like, oh, no, we can just keep moving or we can consume all this at once and then get whatever we want. Um, You know, so I definitely can see a correlation in that sense. Yeah is because I think in my experience, what I've done is turned it into more self-pity as opposed to reflection. And that is very, it is not a good place to be in where you have to, I I had to really analyze, you know, there's a level, a degree where like, okay, I'm just in this state. And then there is another aspect where, again, when you're doing the self-pity stuff, which I've experienced a lot, where I'm just informing myself of things that are not healthy and not even true. And I'm allowing myself to stay in that place because of what I'm putting in my body. I think I have different kinds of people in my life. So my husband, for example, he's more of this straight shooter that he's like, nothing can ever bring you down. You know, you're, you got this, you're fine. Like, come on. Um, so I have that to be like my regulator for those times. Like I told you where I'm just being self-pity, you know, where it's just, consuming me and I'm having a hard time discerning the difference and he can kind of help me and say like Nyla you can do this you x y and z um and then I have like my mom for example who you know I can express things to her and she will approach me with more delicacy and more just like oh yes cry do whatever you need to do and you know I have one of my best friends she's the same way where it's like we can just talk for hours and it's just like we're just spilling feelings and then it's just like okay cool you know and so I think having different kinds of people is important where you know it can feel like sometimes you know sometimes I have admittedly you know um, been like oh you don't understand what I'm going through and things like that and which is valid you know absolutely Um, but I think it's also good to have those different perspectives to help Um, just guide, guide you. And, you know, ultimately you decide what you're going to do and how you're going to take that. But um, that's what i found to be helpful is just having different kinds of people in your corner that you trust, that love you, are invested in you um, to just kind of be there for you. Some people don't always understand when it's just like, no, I know this sounds like it can be an XYZ kind of plan, but it's not like in my mind, we can't do that. Like it's just not doing that. Um, and so I've had definitely my share of those times where I, I do want to just be heard and just like, don't try to offer solutions. Don't anything. I'm just expressing. I just want to feel like, you know, what I'm feeling is valid. Even if it doesn't make sense to you, I just need to let it out, you know? And I think that is important. That is important because, um, sometimes again, what some people find as a solution or, um, What comes easy to some people is not easy to everybody, you know? And so it can feel worse when you feel like, okay, well, that's great that that's easy for you, but it's not for me. The tricky thing is, like, you know, when offering advice or solutions, is um, at the end of the day, as much as people know you and like the close people, you know, know me still, nobody knows me. Like I know me. And so it's like, sometimes it's just like you might be offering solutions. And again, it's short term, but the long-term work has to happen from the person internally. And so it's like really finding a solution. And again, it's frustrating because you keep going through the same things over and over, but you have to find what works for yourself to get out of that, you know? Um, and it's, it's it's like if you hear the same kind of advice over and over and over, like, okay, great. But like still something for me has to come out to spark that actual change. I think the the universal rule of thumb is just really loving that person and what that looks like in whether that means serving them in a way that makes their day a little bit easier. If you know they're having a hard time and you don't understand why can't they cook a meal for themselves this whole week because they're depressed. How can you be that person that steps in and cook for them for the week? Or how can you just send them a note of encouragement in the morning or, um, you know, say, Hey, okay, you're feeling this way. Can we maybe just, do you feel comfortable, you know, going, going out for something, you know, whatever it might be. Um, I think just including them in that kind of space and not necessarily, you know, you're not offering solutions, you're not doing anything, but you're just showing your love and, you know, for them through encouragement and just by being there. I think that's the most important thing. Because even a break, even having a break, you know, from like times that I've um, had like, you know, deep depression from that time, it really was like, even if I had just like an hour of like, ah, this was nice. That feels good. You know what I mean? And so, even if you can be that person that just for that hour, that person was just like, that was really nice or something that touched them in the day, that's huge. You know what I mean? And so, you don't have to always understand it. You don't have to expect that they're going to change in their whole day or their whole life has changed because of what you've done for them. But it's just, yeah, just being there. Like something that I've just been realizing more recently is so, you know, at a young age, a lot of things come very easy to me. Um, and, you know, as an artist, I do a lot of different things and have a lot of different skill sets at a very high level that have just naturally come in many ways. Like I've improved on them by, you know, continuously doing it, but I never technically learned the right way, but they still turn out amazing or whatever it might be. And so what I've been learning more about myself is when things are not like that and they're not easy, I just want to avoid them at all costs and I become paralyzed. And so sometimes that might be, you know, in my workout when it's like, hey, we're doing, you need to like cardio. I just, in my workouts, I love the weights and stuff. But as soon as that cardio hits, I've already told myself like, no, I don't want to do it. And so maybe I'll choose a program that doesn't incorporate cardio because I'm like, let's just stick with what I'm comfortable with. Or it might be me not responding to something for a very, very, very long time because I didn't know what to say at the time. And I just, instead of just saying, all right, we're going to spend the next 30 minutes drafting a response. Instead, I'm just like, "Ah, I'm just never going to respond. And then it makes it manifest and it makes you feel worse. Um, And so I find myself a lot of times trying to get out of that now. And what does, you know, improving myself in that way because it's not a good thing and it, again it does bring me a lot of anxiety and it overwhelms my thoughts and it doesn't allow me to be clear-headed about the things I want to do because now I'm thinking about everything that I just avoided that is necessary but I just was like, ah, you know, stay away. And so that's kind of what I mean um in terms of avoidance of not just going for it. You know, even if it's great for me, something that will really build me, build my character. If I feel intimidated by it or whatever it might be, I just, I'm like, let me go to something I'm good at. I honestly think it also correlates back to me being in a place of like rushing because what I find is, again, I'm not getting that instant gratification. I'm not getting that instant, like that learning curve is going to take time. And so when I know it's going to take time, I don't know what the results are going to be. I just am like, ah, is it worth it? And I just want to go back to what I know or something that will give me instant results. Um, And so that's kind of where they all start intertwining. You know what I mean? Um, But actually, no, as a kid, I was very curious. Like I figure skated for years. Um, I could sit down at the piano and play for hours and hours and hours. And now I don't do that because I... I'm just like, "Mm, there's other things I can do that I feel like might help me be where I want to be or whatever it may be. Um, But it's not necessarily the right way to go about things. Especially, as I said, like, you know, being an entrepreneur setting my rates. I know this is like kind of a weird thing, but for example, when it comes to rates and it comes to talking about money and discussing, you know, show rates or whatever it might be, appearances, things like that, that was something a huge contention for me because i'm like i don't want to talk about this i just i don't want to talk about it but i know that it's a conversation that i have to have and so i would avoid as opposed to just leaning in and saying all right this is what we can do um you know sometimes it, that was actually a huge part of my growth this past year was recognizing my value and recognizing what i'm worth and um, in doing things um and before i would just work up, get myself worked up because I'm like, I know what I want to ask for, but I the I'm afraid of the response or I'm afraid of what somebody might think of me for asking for that price. So as a result, I would avoid it either altogether or, you know, I would under underball um, you know, or under what is lowball, you know, low about my, my value, you know, myself. Um, but that's definitely something that I've grown out of more, I'd say, in this past year, um, where now I'm a lot more comfortable in not avoiding those conversations and realizing that the longer you wait, it actually looks worse on you. Then your value is really going down because why couldn't you just, you know? Um, so in instances like that, I definitely have chosen avoidance because I'm uncomfortable with some what someone might think of me or any kind of conflict or, you know, things like that, for sure, I still deal with you know honestly just cliche but really just stay true to who you are and really recognize the value in the person that you are and really go off of your strengths and recognize like you are going to have weaknesses and those will change your strengths will change as you get older um and so be okay with evolving be okay with constantly learning about yourself um be okay with trying new things and be okay with um not always being okay. Just, you know, really growing in into that mindset of, like, you can do this. Nothing is going to keep you down for too long. Trust the process. You got it, girl. Go get it.
0: To go beyond the show, be sure to connect with us on all social media platforms at No Stigmas. And you can always reach out at NoStigmas.org to connect with us and see how we can team up together to champion mental health equity for all. Remember, to break these stigmas, we must be unsilent. We'll see you next time.